Welcome back to What's the Point of the Midrash, the weekly podcast where we take a look at a rabbinic text and offer suggestions to answer the question, what's the point of the Midrash? My name is Rabbi Josh Uter, and this week we'll be discussing Parshat Bechukotai, the last Parsha in Sefer Vayikra, the book of Leviticus. And I'd like to do a Midrash that contributes to a surprisingly complicated question, series of disputes within Rabbinic Judaism about learning Torah. Now, normally we think, well, learning Torah is great, and all the time learning Torah is great. There's no qualification. Ra Torah, we want more people learning this stuff. But that's not entirely the case. Uh, two competing sources, I think, will suffice here. We have a Gemara in Psachim 50b, where Rav says, That a person should always engage in Torah and mitzvot, doing the commandments, even if it is not lishma, which is often translated as for its own sake or purity of motives. And he says, because when you do it not for its own sake or for the proper intentions behind it, eventually you're going to do it for the proper intentions. So for Rav, what matters most is just keep doing it, because even if you're not doing it correctly, well, you're going to eventually do it correctly. And better you be in the habit, I guess, of doing what you're supposed to do, even for the not best of intentions, than not do it at all. And that seems, I want to call it a positive, but more of all, if your two options are, you know, do it lishma or not do it lishma, well, sure, do it lishma. But if it's do it shalom lishma or not do it at all, well, better to do it. At the same time, we find some statements that are very critical of studying Torah Shaloli Shema. You have the opinion in Ta'anit 7a of Rav Binna, who says, Kol ha'osek that for whoever engages in Torah lishma for its sake, uh, sometimes I should say that sometimes lishma is like lishem shemaim for the sake of heaven. There's a lot to discuss, I guess, on different opinions of what lishma means. That the Torah is made for him as an elixir of life. On the other hand, skipping a bit, whoever engages in Torah not for its sake, shalom well, then it is an elixir of death or poison for him. Now, that's a pretty big statement to make. I mean, according to Rav, you should still do it anyway. But according to Rav Binah, well, sure, you still do it. But for you, it's poison. And in this particular regard, Rav Binah cites verses that support his opinion. But even setting those aside, you know, you've got Rav, I mean, you can say that these aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Rav is, you know, dealing with the reality, well, better do it this way than not do it at all. And Rabbana, I guess, could be saying, yeah, even if that's true, that's still not great. So I accept that these two positions might not be fully mutually contradictory, but at least you've got different attitudes about what does this mean. Uh, so in theory, you could say that yeah, they're both bad, but one is worse than the other, the alternative. I suppose that could be a valid reading. I bring this up because we have a 
similar sentiment in the Midrash that we're going to do this week, which is from Vayikra Rabbah 35.7. And it's based off of the first Pasuk in the Parsha, which is Vayikra 26.3, Leviticus 26.3, where it begins, If you follow my laws and faithfully observe my commandments. So on this verse, we have a bunch of statements about what does it mean to keep the commandments beginning with the opinion of Rabbi Chama Rabbi Hanina, who says, Im shmartem et ha-Torah, alechem ki'ilu atem asitemotam. That if you keep the Torah, I'll consider it as if you were the ones who have made the commandments. This is how it reads. Uh, again, this is not so much a, a exegetical quirk as I use, say sometimes. It's reading of asitemotam, of, you know, fulfilling the commandments is like, no, you're actually making them and actualizing them, perhaps even enacting them, but, you know, depending how far, <laughs> how much you want to explain that. Uh, next up, we have the opinion of Rav Hanina Bar Papa, who says, Im that if you keep the commandments is as if that you have made yourselves, hence, otam, that you have made yourselves. What does that mean exactly if you're creating yourself? Honestly, not 100% sure on that one. The opinions that I wanted to focus on this week, though, are the next two, where you have Rabbi Yechia, though I should say in the parallel in your Shalmi, uh, this statement is said in the name of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai uh, in Brachot 2.1, uh, but the opinion like this is, la'asot, lo shelo la'asot that it means you study Torah with the intention to fulfill it, but not one who learns with the intention of not practicing, or one could say the intention to not practice, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, because, as he continues, because someone who studies without the intention of practicing minimally, better for him that this person had not been created at all. The Midrash continues with the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, who's a little more uh, graphic or emphatic, where he says, that the person who studies without the intention to practice, Better had the afterbirth in which he lay been turned over in his face and he had not come out in the open air in this world. Now, both of these opinions are pretty harsh. And there are a couple of things to consider here. One, um, given the sources that we discussed earlier, is there a distinction about studying Shalolishma and Halomed Shalola Asot and studying not to do? And again, what does that mean, Shalola Asot? So, one, I think that we could make a distinction between studying Torah Shalolishma, that you do something not for the sake of heaven, because at the end of the day, you still could be doing it. And the statement of Rav, uh, who said, Persians should always engage in Torah and the commandments. According to Rav, there is that element of praxis, that you are still doing the commandments. Yes, your motivations might not be ideal, might not be pure, but at the very least, you are still doing the Torah. Whereas here, it's a different statement. It's not about studying the Torah Shalol of doing it for improper motives. It's doing it Shalol Asot. It's you're doing it 
you're studying, I should say, the practice of Torah, but you have no intention of putting it into action. And we find a bunch of statements throughout Chazal about the importance of the praxis and the importance of the action. For example, lo hamidrasha ikar el hamaaseh is not the study that is uh, the important thing or the essence, but rather the action. And the Torah was not just meant to be done academically, but rather it's something that you're supposed to do. And as important as the study of Torah is, and there are countless, countless sources to uh, to explain that, according to these opinions, none of that matters if there's a disconnect between the actions of studying Torah and a complete disregard for the practice that it mandates. And on here, I'm reminded many years ago, I uh, had the opportunity to ask Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, Alava Shalom, the longtime Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva at Haaretzion, um, I asked him once, what did he like and what did he dislike about academic Talmud? And one of the things that he mentioned about the uh, field of academic Talmud was the fact that it was more of an academic class, meaning it wasn't Torah, that if you're studying Torah, it's not just a classical law. It's not you know ancient Near East rituals. When you're studying Torah as Torah, there's the implication that this is the divine will, and what you study is something that you're supposed to do. And I think here we may be able to make a little bit of a distinction of what does it mean, there have been plenty of times where someone will go to a shiur and, you know, just, you know, go and say, eh, you know, might not do that. Or if someone might not be observant, but still wants to be connected to Judaism, still goes to class, says, all right, you know, probably isn't going to keep whatever the rabbi happens to be talking about at that time. I think we may be able to make a distinction between someone who is asot, that a person who studies but might not have the intention of practicing versus someone who we may consider to be a dafkinik, that halamed shalola asot, he's learning specifically that he shouldn't do it, uh, puts someone in a very different category. This would be, in, as we'd have in another context, a mumar lahachis, the uh, rebellious person who does so out of spite. Meaning, I think there's a difference of you happen to learn something and you don't change your actions immediately, or you know, you'll pick up some things and not necessarily others, versus someone who is studying this with zero, in, not just zero intention to practice, but almost the inverse intention of like, yeah, I have, I'm doing this specifically, you know, to know uh, what not to do. And to me, I think that's an important distinction because if it's uh, the other way around, then if someone who isn't going to do things, like unless you make that prior commitment of as the Jewish people did when they accepted the Torah, then you wouldn't have any Jewish education at all. And even if the goal is to get more Jewish people to do more Jewish things in the form of mitzvot, you're going to have to start somewhere. And if you condition uh, education on 100% compliance uh, immediately. I don't think you'll get very far pedagogically. So yeah, I do believe that there could be a distinction between uh, learning Torah shalolishma and learning Torah shalola asot not to do it. But my intuition here is to read halamid shalola asot is you're learning specifically to not do it, which is very different than learning it and being more ambivalent about what you do and what you don't do. And again, I think the point is here of what is the attitude one should have when one learns Torah. At the end of the day, 
as much as there is a schar, as much as there is a, war, a reward for learning Torah, and as much as we treat these things as sacred, the Torah was not intended just to be an intellectual exercise. The Torah was, te- I mean, these are the commandments of God. Most of Torah is God telling you, do this, don't do that. Uh, so much of the Talmud is do this, don't do that, and trying to figure out what is the proper way of acting. So, yes, I'm not going to get into a thing about Judaism of the heart or what people feel internally or whatever spirit moves them. But I do think it's clear from at least these opinions, and I believe that there are others, uh, that other sources that support the idea that the ikar, the essence of Judaism, isn't just what you feel or even necessarily what you happen to believe, but translating that belief into action. Someone who knows a great deal and doesn't practice it in depending on what source you read, may be worse off than someone who doesn't know anything at all. Because again, you can know theory and go to a whole bunch of classes as you like, but the ideal of Judaism is not just to study and know it, but to live it. And for that, you actually have to do something. Those are my thoughts, but I'd love to hear yours. What do you think is the point of the Midrash? Please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at juter. I'm also on Facebook, or send me an email via my website, www.joshuter.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and a wonderful Shabbat.